It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, what a weekend of college hoops and so much more. We're going to get into that. This is episode 256 of the three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and Skynet Cannabis. Memorial, man, that's a spot to go. Check out the Wellness Center. Membership is very, very reasonable and for what you get to use, it's incredible. Skytrack, uh, all kinds of fitness classes that are part of your membership, a therapy pool, uh, stretching, swimming, anything you want to do there, a sauna, steam room, it's just the place to be if you want to change your lifestyle at Memorial Healthcare. Also, SkyMint Cannabis. Uh, there are 15 locations in the state of Michigan. Check out the SkyMint Reserve. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Check out the latest deals. Sign up for the rewards program. Also, gift cards are available. And at the Corona store, use the coupon code 3.20 for 20% off product. Also, want to thank our other great local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, we'll do a short little catch-up, guys. You can probably tell from my delivery here i'm fighting a cold but i'm coming off the tail end of it had probably the worst cold i've had in a long time it was almost it's going on 10 days and it's finally in the final stages you ever had one of those things that just lingers on it was so bad you know i did a covid test that came up negative but i i really thought maybe maybe i finally caught it but it, it sucked <laughs> it sucked <laughs> yeah no i That's... i know what you mean it's just that time of year man we just need yeah. the weather to break and 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 we won't have to deal with it anymore yeah, the, the weather, and then just add in if you have kids. Kids bring in every germ around. I mean, when like uh, both of our kids right now kind of have a little bit of a cold. I'm, my oh, yeah. my wife and I were like almost just waiting for us to get it because you know once once your kids bring it around, you're yeah. probably going to get it. School but daycare. There's nothing worse than having a lingering cold. You know, like you just 
you start feeling better, but like right. you're still like all stuffy or you're coughing or whatever. You're like, it's the stuffy part that gets me trying yeah. to sleep at night with a plugged up nose. It's like virtually impossible, especially yep. when you use a CPAP machine. That's, fellow boomers know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you guys know I'm on uh, granddaughter baby number watch. four baby watch. You know, within the next day or so, it's going to be number four, little Bailey. So, we're looking forward to that and uh, just counting her down. So that's yeah, what I've been be up exciting. to. That'll be exciting. Another one to spoil. Number four. Yeah, absolutely. You got to start. You got to put the reminders in your phone of when uh, their birthdays are. And oh, I got it. I got it. Stuff, so, <laughs> so you're not forgetting to send the text or do the FaceTime or whatever. But exactly. that's cool. That'll be fun to have uh, another granddaughter to spoil. Is this like Christmas Eve? Is that kind of how you feel with a with a with a grandbaby like on on the brink? It, it really is. I mean, it's, you know, not to get too sentimental, but it's a special kind of gift, you know, that it's hard to put into words, you know. I mean, Matt knows from having children, you know, and we, I, I'm old enough where I went through the children phase and now we get to do it all over again with a little bit different type of lifestyle, you know, as a grandparent, you don't have that day-to-day stress that a parent yeah, has, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you can just go for the visit and then exactly. go back home. <laughs> right on. And you don't mind babysitting, you know, because it's all fun and games. We yep. spoil them and mom and dad have to get rid of what we set them up for. Yeah, it's true. This is very true. No, that, that's fun. And and you get to go to D.C. I mean, I know yeah. you're not probably doing a lot of sightseeing and stuff right now, but you, know, you get to take, take a little trip, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, you're having a lot better week than I am. I mean, I'm basically just I'm still on, you know, Aaron Rodgers retreat mode, man. Uh just one day at a time. I'm I'm in the weeds right now. I mean, I did turn 24 uh this past week, which is a bit of a depressing. It's depressing birthday because the way I look at it, 5 years out of high school, you're college age. Because a lot of people take that 5th year for college. You uh-huh. know, it takes 5 years to get through. Once you're 6 years out of high school, which I now am, I'm just an adult, man. And and that's just depressing. So I had that to deal with, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's just been boring, man. That's that's what happens when you spend all this time eating junk food and drinking beer and staying up late. Is when you finally decide to buckle down, you don't do much, man. You kind of just be your stupid routine and go on with your life. It's not as fun. No. Yeah, I mean the mid twenties. I can definitely remember it. To, I mean, I know Ted, you can too. I'm not I saying can you remember you, it. Yes, you I can. can't remember. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you know, for me, it wasn't that long ago, and. I do remember it because I, I took five years to, to graduate college. So that, that mid twenties was like, uh, you're still young, but you know, you're, you're starting to push towards 30 and you know, you're getting your real job and you know, you're starting to get into that stuff. So you're like, all right, I got to start thinking of adult stuff, like maybe buying a house or saving money or, you know, all that other kind of stuff. But like, you still feel like you're young, you're still 24, 25, 26. You still want to like go party with your friends or, yeah. Go to faster horses, you know, do stuff like that. So that that is one thing. Mid mid twenties is a weird, a weird age for sure. It's kind of a good age though. I mean, it if, is, I, think, I think back to athletically. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's your prime sweet spot, man. You got the brain power, you're athletic, you know, you're you're in shape. Most of us are, Jared. Yeah. And uh <laughs> it was a great time, you know. I, I think once you get to 35, eh, you start looking at things a little bit different, you know. Yeah. You, you watch pro athletes, you know, there's exceptions, of course, like Brady and some others, but even pro baseball players, once they hit 35, you know, that's, they start looking at the other end of their career, really. Yeah. 
Ted, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to, let's just, I'm just going to say this comment and then let's move on. Uh, okay, but, fair enough. But I mean, the reason that, you know, I'm fat is generally because your generation, man. I mean, it wasn't that hard to be in shape in, when you were 24 when all you could eat was spam and eggs. Now it's <laughs> sugary cereals and pizza and fast yeah, food so everywhere. It all comes back to your generation. Like, you yeah, know. boy, they didn't have that in my time. Nope. They didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I will well, say it, it, it was funny. Like, I, this is random. I just assumed like Taco Bell had been around for a long time. This is a, a conversation I had with my parents yeah. a while ago. And like my parents said, they remember like as kids, like, ta- like tacos, tacos are something like every family has now almost right. once a week, once a week you have tacos almost. But I remember my, one of my, my mom or my dad saying like, it didn't used to be like that. Like all of a sudden this, this Taco Bell chain came out yep. and having tacos for dinner, like became a thing. And I was like, what? This That's is like crazy. crazy. You know, like tacos, like everyone eats tacos all the time now. And they're 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, I yeah. remember when the first McDonald's came into town. Think about that. Right. That must have been so awesome. I oh, can't yes. even imagine it how was. awesome that was. It really was. Like, wait, I can I can just pull up to this drive-thru and get a burger and fries for back then, probably like $2. And like, you yeah, know like, how good that for that early stages of McDonald's probably was, man. It probably was the best food you've ever tasted oh you guys will appreciate this i grew up catholic right and back when i was a kid during lent you could not eat or all year on fridays you could not eat meat and i had a school field day we had we were going to lansing or flint and it it was on a friday and one of our treats was we're going to stop at mcdonald's and the biggest thing you wanted to get at mcdonald's was a milkshake a burger and some fries right my mom called our local priest and asked for an exception for me to be able to get a burger <laughs> that day. Think about you really couldn't my... just go. You couldn't just skip one meal at McDonald's, man. You oh no, no. But that says a lot about my mother, Jerry, yeah. your grandmother. She actually, she was staunch Catholic, but she wasn't going to violate the rule, so she was going to get the okay from the priest to let me have a burger. And that's funny. He but said, that, yeah, yeah, that's I'll also like that's also how big of a deal that was, you know, to yes. go to McDonald's. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, I'm jealous, man. Well, we'll leave it there with my little tribute to my mother. And uh, we'll have our first special guest coming up here in our prep spotlight, Goose from Goose Poop. We'll talk a little high school sports and a whole lot more with him right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, we now welcome on a special guest, Goose of the Goose Poop newsletter uh, and Twitter page, which I personally am a huge fan of. Uh, he provides, you know, he's got spreads, over and unders uh, for high school games, weekly rankings, blogs, uh, and a whole lot more. I mean, thanks for joining the show, man. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for uh, so the me. first thing I'll start off with, I mean, it's a million-dollar idea. It's something that I think everybody uh, who follows high school sports at one time or another has always wondered, you know, what would be a potential spread on this game? How did this whole website and newsletter and Twitter page, how did they even come about? Yeah, so I was um, I was developing uh, apps 
at work. And, um, as I was getting better and better at it, I was like, well, I want to actually try to do something that, that I'm like just purely interested in. And I had grown up, uh, reading snooze to use, uh, projections. And I knew at that time that MHSAA was going to be switching over to a new playoff point formula. And I said, you know, it'd be great is if, and I was actually doing a spreadsheet on the side for my brother's senior year to kind of predict this was back in 2020, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it'll be great is if I combine this spreadsheet where I'm the one I I'm picking who's going to win what game and just gave that to everybody and then took that and layered it on what snooze was doing with maps and said, let's just push an app out to everybody and let them forecast who they, their team's going to play basically. Yeah. And so that was the original idea. And in doing that, making that app, you realized, okay, well, you've got to forecast every single game uh, in the state when you're going to, if you're, if you want to do that app correctly. Right. And so I started like, okay, how am I, how, what's the best way to forecast games? And as I was doing that, I was my first methodology and actually what's still in uh, what I, the app, what I call the playoff wizard is just pick the team with the better record basically uh it, it's a little more complicated but that but but that's what it is and as i was so i did that and then I, as i was reading about ways to forecast games i started to come across oh wow there's actually some mathematical concepts developed by uh people like um you, you've heard of like massey ratings or mm-hmm. uh, um other like like the the computer systems they used to use in the bcs for college football and there's ways that you can set lines on games using just math that are fairly accurate and so i did a lot of research uh this last summer and developed the math behind okay well this is how we're going to set lines for every game and that's i once once i once i had a reasonable degree of confidence in the accuracy i said everybody's going to be interested in these or or i had a strong hunch and so i just started publishing them yeah it's awesome i mean i didn't hear about it until uh somebody at at work uh, mentioned your page to me and, and I can't believe I hadn't found it earlier. I mean, it, it it's awesome. Uh, I love the weekly rankings you do. Uh, and the thing that's kind of blew me away, I was just looking at your page earlier today. Uh, it says you basically you, uh, you did 1,368 games and you predicted the winner 83% of the time. I mean, that's crazy. It, without impressive. maybe going too much into the weeds of how you kind of developed this formula, what, what is there a basic way you could explain it to us? Like we were like maybe first graders or something like that. Yeah. The, the basic way is, you know, if I, if, if you have three teams and team A beats team B by three and then team B beats team C by five, you know, team A is eight points better than team C. Now it gets complicated when because you just have you have large degrees of like randomness where maybe um, team, you know, team A underperforms a night and team B overperforms a night. And so right. basically what it does is it takes a long, long average of every team like that, right. basically. Um, and it does the full daisy chain. So it's not looking at just your opponents or your opponent's opponents. It's actually looking at your opponent's opponent's opponents and, you know, just keep yeah, right. iterating out into the network. Because, right. um, yeah, we, we all know there's outlier games where a team just, right. you know, doesn't perform or they blow up and score 95 points or something crazy that happens. So I've got two questions. Yep. Elephant in the room. We have, where yeah. does goose poop come from? Yeah. Uh, if you can tell us, or is it yeah, like a secret? Question. No, um, goose poop. Uh, so like I grew up son of a high school football coach. So he was, you know, kind of gave me the love of prep sports and, uh, and uh, his nickname for me growing up was goose. 
um, because I would chase the or goose poop. Uh, sometimes he would call me. So, um, you know, it was my dad's nickname for me as a kid. Yeah. And when you're I, our first app I ever made, I was like, I don't, I don't really know what to call this. So let's just call it goose poop. Call it goose poop. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that makes sense. I mean, so it wasn't anything deep. It was just a nickname you had growing up. So yeah, that, yeah. that works. Uh, yeah. Second question. So you're obviously an app developer. So, I mean, maybe that's a background. You clearly have an understanding or maybe a passion for math. Math was always my favorite uh, subject growing up. So I can understand that. Is that where this comes from? You're just into developing apps. You you really like statistics. Are you into gambling? Uh, you know, like lines and stuff like that. Like where kind of where does this uh, passion or where does this even come from? Yeah, I love stats. Um, yeah. Always have. Uh, I wasn't I never, you know, in high school, I didn't do computer stuff um, or even college. I didn't study it, but I started doing it at work. And I was like, well, this is kind of an interesting thing. Like, let's try to see if we can make something. So that's yeah. kind of where the software development part. But you know, I, I just, I love stats. I, I yeah. look at them often. So that's where they combine. Well, you're the second goose that I know. Jared's uncle goose and my, uh, my, uh, uh, what is brother-in-law. brother-in-law. Yeah. But uh question for you, go a little deeper. You, you, where'd you go to high school, college? Give us a little background. Yeah. So I, I grew up just outside of Grand Rapids in Lowell. Um, Whew. so, uh, Powerhouse. played football played football and wrestled there. Uh, wow. I was a good enough wrestler to wrestle in college. I went to Harvard to wrestle there. Oh, jeez! And then I, I graduated and, and came back to Grand Rapids where I currently live. So were you a part of, uh, I just saw they won their 10th straight state title, which is just insane. I, I couldn't believe it. I had to like double check. Like, did I read this right? Were you, <laughs> were you a part of that run? I, I was my senior class started the run. So Damn. we, we, uh, won in, double or not double criteria is how wrestling matches right. are settled that tie. And we won in criteria against St. John's. My it's impressive, man. Oh, another impressive program too. Yeah. Yeah. So we on- actually broke their streak. I think they were on yeah. four straight or something. Like that. So wow. you're on the, you're on the West side. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen games, you know, maybe all across the state. I've always said, you know, the West side, I think it's where the best sports come from. I mean, Lowell football games. I mean, the, the pink arrow game there every year, crazy environment. Do you think that that's the best kind of, area for for prep sports in the state is the west side um yeah i think i think it's you get a combination of uh small or of like community based things where it's like very inward looking so like if you com- if you compare it to like something like metro detroit um you're not quite sure where the town center is in a lot of those districts maybe right. the districts don't even have a town center so like that's that's a key point is having a town center yeah. now you to get to the size where it's where you say oh it's it's really good you actually need large districts too so like like i, I think the quintessential one is is like rockford where right. it's a dedicated town center but it's also like maybe the fifth largest um uh school district in the state and so if you go there it's just like you can sense that it's very important um i went to the rockford mona shores game last last year and it was a perfect summer like basically end of summer night and it was yeah. it must have been like seven thousand people there it was just like very impressive so insane yeah jared and i both uh after going to grand valley worked at fox 17 and covered high school football over there and i've, I've talked about it a number of times on this podcast but i was blown away i mean we all so we're all from corona and you know mid michigan you know a lot of traditional football um I was going to say powers, not necessarily powers, but a lot of tradition, I will say in mid Michigan, 
but when I went over to the West side and started covering high school football over there, East Grand Rapids, Rockford, Lowell, and a bunch of other ones, I was, I was blown away. I was like, these stadiums are insane and they're only getting better. Do so you played and you know, you said your dad coached and all that. Like, do you have a strong, I mean, obviously I think the answer is yes. Do you have a strong passion for high school sports? Is that also where this comes from? Cause the three of us, the three of us love, I mean, Ted's been calling high school games for 40 years. Yeah. You know, Jared's still covering it in Michigan. You know, so we love high school sports. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I was just saying this to another guy. Um, like I'm the type of guy who would, who would goes up and looks the brackets of like, you know, I don't really watch baseball, but I'll go look at the baseball brackets to just see what schools have made it, uh, you know, just general, just genuine interest. So yeah, I yeah. just, I love prep sports. I love the different, the different schools from around the state. It's uh, it's something that just interests me generally. So well, you know, you kind of breeze through it, but I, I got to go back for a second. You're our first Harvard grad we've talked to. Now, going from Lowell to Harvard, give us that uh, that whole process and how'd you like it out there in the Boston area? Um, so I, I loved it. Uh, it was a great, great experience, a lot different than West Michigan. Really, really just like great to see like a, a, a different, different world, different environment. Um, the, the process was, uh, you know, it was, I, I was like, basically, you know, so, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a D one varsity sport at Harvard. So they've right. got to fill out a roster, uh, basically. Um, and so they're looking for, you know, kind of kids who have that special blend of wrestling ability, but also, um, fit a certain kind of academic profile. Academic, right. And so I fit those both and I knew, I knew I fit those both. So I was, I, and I, I wanted to go to an Ivy league or like a, a, a pretty, high academic institution. And so I was, you know, recruiting myself to these, you know, I was sending out my profile, trying to talk to coaches, going to camps, that sort of thing. And so, and, uh, you know, I, I ended up forming a relationship with my coach who's still coaching there, coach, coach Jay Weiss. And, uh, you know, we just, it, it just made sense for both parties. And, um, that's, uh, that's kind of how it happened. Was it was one final question on that was it like you see on tv i mean you're sitting in front of your computer and all of a sudden it comes in you're accepted f yes i'm in <laughs> I mean, how, how did that go when you heard for so it was i was very excited to hear for athletes it's a little less um it's 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 a little anticlimactic uh for for normal students it is mm -hmm. exactly like that as far as i understand but for athletes, you kind of have advanced notice because, like I said, you've got to slot into things mm -hmm. uh, or that the coach has to develop a roster. So they give you slots. And so you if you fit a certain, like I said, certain academic profile, certain wrestling profile and the coach says, yes, this is the athlete I want, um, you know, you're basically and you pass like an, an interview, you're basically guaranteed admission. So yeah. it's not. uh you know, it's the, basically the bar is the coach saying, Hey, I want, I want, I, I want you on my team. Um, well, one, one more question from us on kind of your, uh, backstory. Uh, what was, I guess I asked this because I've always been so impressed. And I think we all have with the Lowell football program, especially when you went, you went through the golden years. Uh, what was it like, uh, to play under, uh, Noel Dean, legendary coach, Noel Dean? Yeah. So my, my dad, that's my dad. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I to be, we should have known that the wrestling thing. Hey. I, looked, I, I looked up Gabe Dean, uh, which is obviously your brother, and I was like, it doesn't look like him, but he's I my cousin. He's my cousin. Yeah, oh cousin. Okay. Talk about burying the league. I mean, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, what's it like? What was it like playing for? Uh, playing for somebody who's obviously a very good coach, but also your dad, like that. What was that relationship like? 
So it's, um, you know, my dad's one of my best friends. Uh, I just, uh, just like, we have an amazing relationship. Um, it was, it was like really amazing to, to like grow up with someone who's like not only building something, but been successful building something. And in a community that really cares about that, like that's really inspirational. Like that's a, it's a positive role model to have in your life. Um, I would say probably the downside of it is, is like you mixing those things when you're, when you're an athlete in, in high school, like, like that, that I, I think it really wasn't that big of a deal for me because it was my first time going through it. But like, you know, my dad, it was probably my dad's 20th season at that point. And I don't think yeah. he was probably as, as well prepared for, Oh, this is how you coach your sons, learning how to coach your sons. Right. So, and I, I think probably every coach who's coached his, his children would say that, but uh, that's, uh, that was probably the downside. Right. So I didn't, I wouldn't say I had like a normal high school football or a high school wrestling right. experience. Cause I was always being coached by my uncle or my dad, that sort yeah. of thing. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, ju- it's just going to be different. I mean, it's just the way it is. You, you know, I like watching just for example, Michigan with Jawan Howard, two of his sons on his team, you can tell he coaches them like everyone else, but it's going to be different. They're his sons. Like there's going to be a little bit of a difference. Jared's dad, was my basketball coach at Corona. Jared, did you ever play for your dad, Jared? I've actually never in youth, but not not anything past youth. Okay. So yeah, they're, they're, it's just always going to be different. But man, that's cool. I mean, your dad. Uh, I mean, would you put him up there? Is he the best high school football coach in the state of Michigan, or where uh, where would you put him in the tier? Well, so I, I'm very biased. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so like metric wise, I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's up there, but I don't okay. think he's near the top. You know, guys like Harrington. Harrington. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm missing some, um, Francesa. Yeah. Yeah. Fracasa. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's probably up there. He's um, up there. Yeah. 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 So we got to ask, so I don't, I don't know if you can, you know, looking ahead, uh, Tuesday, you've got your big, uh, is it, you call it your playoff predictor? I'm calling it playoff preview guide. Playoff preview uh, guide. I have one out. for football. That's been pretty well received the last I've done two now. Uh, this will be my first basketball one, so I'm okay. putting my neck out there. We'll see. <laughs> so give us give us what you can. I know I, I don't want you to you know blow everything. You, you want everyone to check it out on Tuesday, but what can you give us looking ahead to high school hoops uh, playoffs coming up? Yeah, so uh, you know basically what we can do, what we're gonna show there is we're gonna you know a lot we're gonna pr- we're gonna show the computer models prediction for every district, which I think will be quite interesting. Um, and I'll probably release a, a, an expected bracket. So if the favorites win in every game, here's, you know, the full bracket. I'm not sure how I'm going to show that graphically quite yet, because as you guys know, a 256 team yeah. bracket is, is quite different visually. Um, so that'll be that, but also some more in-depth analysis. So I, I, I've tweeted out a sneak preview, which is what you're alluding to of, of like, Hey, here are the deepest districts. So, you know, one of the things that computer model can spit out is like, okay, well, here's where, here's where the highest rated teams are or the district with the highest average rating of teams. So we've, I've already released that, but I want to go a little deeper and maybe do the top four districts or, or that sort of thing. And also show the weakest ones. I don't like to publicize those because I'm not out to like disparage teams, but I think uh, in like a newsletter format, it is, it's a little more uh, interesting and palatable. Um, Yeah. And there'll just be other, other snippets like that, uh, uh, things like uh, where the where the who you know who got screwed the most in their first round matchup, right. which is uh, which is uh, I've already released that on Twitter. But I, my opinion 
it would be actually a game that's going to be very looked over, but uh, it's in D4. Um, Allen Park Intercity Baptist is our number 15 D4 team. And their first round, they've had a very good season. They're 12 and 8. They had uh, a couple close losses to uh, Plymouth Christian, pretty highly regarded D3 team. And um, their, they, their reward for that is to play Detroit Douglas first round. So <laughs> the number five team in D4. Good luck. According to our ratings. So uh, I think they got screwed the most. But well, I'll tell you what, it's a, this is our time of the year, you know, getting ready for March. It's going to be a blast. Uh, final question for you. Maybe the, the boys have another question, but uh, what are you doing right now for a living? I, I take it this is a sideline and maybe you, maybe you hope to grow it to maybe come something big enough to live on. But what are you doing right now to, to make your cash? Yeah, so I'm an uh, I'm an accountant. Um, I was working full time. Now I'm working uh, kind of half time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing this. We're we're what we're more excited about, which I haven't really talked about a lot. I've hinted at it on my newsletter as a new software piece of software releasing. It's for coaches. Um, uh, so yeah, that'll be coming out here. I mean, we've, we've we're in beta testing right now, but uh, so it's it, we we've been working with a few coaches, but uh, that'll be going live here in the next month basically so very excited about that um yeah so it's it's a a long answer to your question of uh it was just a side project now it's half time hopefully it'll be full time see what happens yeah yeah i mean i think you have a great idea i know a Substack, great website to put it on uh you know with donations or whatever it is i mean it's such a good site i think a lot of people would be uh, would feel the need to do that. Uh, and I think it's a great idea. I mean, you already have 5,000 Twitter followers. Who knows how many more you're going to grow the more and more stuff you come out. I mean, it's all good stuff. I have one more question for you before we let you go. Uh, and I know you tease it. I don't think so. I don't want you to give away everything about this, but something that I found really interesting that you were looking into, uh, you were looking into the relationship between out of district enrollments and high school football wins. Yep. Have you found a big correlation between that or is that something you want to save for later? I, so I haven't done the I haven't finished the analysis yet. Um, just been too focused on basketball, right. but uh, that will be coming out this spring, and I'm very excited to see the results. So yeah, um, one of the one of the things that we'll be building on is, and we may mix the two. I don't know if you guys saw it last year. I probably need to refresh it because of my my audience has is as a lot of new followers right. is the relationship between high level or, or ranked recruits. And wins in in uh, Division One uh, Division One MHSA football. Yeah. So I we we scraped two four seven sports as data for just Michigan over the last nine years, and we fit it to that the average wins per season in um in D one uh for D one teams and yeah. basically found a pretty pretty strong relationship. Basically saying that if you don't have at least one ranked recruit, uh, you won't you know, you will not exceed six wins a year basically oh. over that time period. So um, that, that was uh, that's a, that's a yeah. summary, but it, it'll kind of build on that sort of thing. We may right. mix the two. So I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, do you want mind telling our listeners kind of the best place to follow you and how to kind of subscribe to your newsletter and that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, I'm at, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, uh, both as goose poop at goose poop and then underscore uh, Instagram might be a double underscore. Um, You'll see in both bios a uh, link to our newsletter to subscribe. Uh, and then you check out our website. It's really uh, – it's it's just for football right now. You can use the Playoff Wizard, which we talked about. That's goosepoop.io. Uh, we will be revamping our website here 
uh, over the next few months to get ready for football season. So that'll be much more uh, fun to play around on. Awesome. Well, we, we appreciate your time. Uh, and like we said, I mean, we all are big fans of your site. So we just hope that you keep kind of putting out the content you are. So thanks keep for your rolling. time. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Nice meeting all of you. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state of the art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, fellas, another great prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports. What great guest. I mean, Goose, and he knows what he's doing. And like I said in our interview, first Harvard guy on our show. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely the smartest guy we've ever had on our show. And it, it made us all three of us feel a little bit dumb uh, talking to him. But, well, I mean, we said it to him a bunch of times. But, I mean, what a great site. If you aren't following Goose Poop and you're, you know, you like your prep sports, I mean, you're really missing out. It's a really, really cool site. So, thanks again for him to coming on. Yeah, it was it was funny, too. I have always wondered Absolutely. what, what the story was with, uh, with Goose Poop. And really, it was, I mean, a, a cool story where it comes from, but a little underwhelming. I thought there was going to be some, like, crazy – I don't know, goose poop story or, you know, some just funny thing, but it was just, it was a nickname growing up, but no, that was a cool chat. Goose is going to have all the brackets coming up and just here locally, uh tri championship in the MMAC is Duran beat Chesanine. Quinn Knapp had 17 and that's coming after Tuesday. Chesanine beat Ovid Elsie in overtime. So they all they had to do was roll into uh Duran, pick up a win and they're champs alone, but a tri championship. Not too bad. That's a pretty darn competitive league for sure. Ovid Elsie beat Lakeville on Friday night by 14 to earn a try share. Clay Wittenberg had 19. And the team we've really been following closely, Langsburg, number two in the state uh, in Division Three, improved to 19-0 and in their win over Potterville. Xander Woodruff had 18 points in that one. Uh, we've talked about New Lothrop wrestlers. Well, they suffered their first loss in team quarterfinal action to Martin Climax Scott. And, you know, we were talking about Langsburg. They play in the CMAC. Two new teams are moving. Two new schools, Perry and Lance, Lansing Christian, going to join the CMAC. And I'm hearing rumblings out there. There may be some other moves, some other teams shifting out of leagues. And just stay tuned for that. It's going to be very, very interesting. What a, you are spoiled, man. I mean, we've talked about it. You are spoiled with with March coming in. I mean, a lot of years, it's maybe you're lucky you get one good game out of your districts here in Shiawassee County. I mean, I'm expecting three, four, maybe more uh, great games for you. You just don't you don't have enough Ted's out there to cover them all. <laughs> it's very true. You know, we did get the official word. We are going to be starting out in the district over at New Lothrop. So Monday night we'll have Perry and New Lothrop, but then. Uh, Wednesday night, Langsburg takes on the Bath Byron winner. Ovid Elsie takes on the Perry New Lothrop winner. So we're going to be hunched and headquartered over in New Lothrop, staying on top of what's happening at Chesanine, but we're starting out in that New Lothrop district. So we're looking forward to that. Some great games. I know we're keeping an eye on all of them. Got to see what these area teams do. Also, guys, before we wrap up this prep spotlight, a couple other shout-outs. Owasso sophomore Camden Caswell and Ovid Elsie's freshman Devin Pugsley both qualified for next week's state's bowling finals and that's kind of exciting as well all right we'll have uh sports 
potpourri coming up with a couple of big college basketball games that took place this week and in fact a whole bunch of college basketball games and some other stuff right after this success group mortgage and servicing is shiawassee county's only licensed mortgage broker lender and servicer that means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else if you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in florida hawaii or michigan stop what you're doing and give success group mortgage and servicing a call 989-720-4380 that's 989-720-4380 all right. Well, the hottest topic right now, and Ted, I think you need to kind of take the lead on this and explain your thoughts before I give mine. Yeah. The MLB, you know, this last couple of days, we've had the first spring training games, the first look at the new rule with the pitch clock, where the pitcher now has 15 seconds uh, from the time the ball hits his glove to deliver a pitch. You famously, uh, and I actually had your tweet sent to me uh, by a little birdie of mine, who basically maybe describing it as one of the worst tweets he's ever seen. Uh, your stance on hating this rule change. Please, please explain it just so I can debunk it. The, this rule change is for little kids like you. You can't, you have no patience. That's why. <laughs> Give me a break. Baseball has, has succeeded forever since the turn of the century, the last century. What needs to really be changed? You these these rule changes. Yeah, I do agree. They need to speed it up. You know how you speed up a game? The umpire takes charge of the game and says, step in the box, or I'm gonna call a strike that simple don't need a shot clock you need bigger bases for crying out loud what in the hell is that bigger bases i mean my god what are they going to do next i mean my my head's going to explode and it's all because of you kids that have no patience you baseball's kid. the national pastime Dude. it's it's it, you're supposed to sit back and relax i'm all worked up on this here's here's <laughs> what i know and this is what's hilarious how many you know how many games i had to sit and watch or work last year probably more than 60 oh, tough job that's a tough well, job here's the thing i don't know if you watched an entire baseball game outside of one you attended other than opening day from start to finish and Ooh. you're probably gonna lie but is that uh, not true no no i watch pretty much all playoff games in their entirety you you don't so you agree that there is an issue with with speed. You don't think that the the basically what has irritated you so much about uh, speeding this game along? I Nothing. Think it's great. I didn't say. I I said right from the very beginning they they have a problem with the speed and pace of the game. Hundred percent agree with that. Putting a, a a clock on it and I mean it's just. <laughs> It's all Here's these what, other rules too. They're putting yeah, a runner on at second base okay. for extra innings. Are you kidding me? To, that in the one, tenth inning, in the tenth right, inning, putting putting the ghosty on second, basically going into extras. That one I have a little bit of a problem with because that's like literally changing the game. I mean, you're you're it putting a, you're putting a player on base who didn't get a hit or whatever. That one, you know, I'm a little bit like, eh, I don't know, taking the shift away. I'm fine with who cares. I don't really that one. I'm like, whatever. That's not a big deal. The shot clock one, or, you know, the pitch clock one. I, I like it because they've been testing it in the minor leagues and stuff for a while. And it has been proven to speed up the game. I'll be curious the first time, like, you know, it happened over the weekend in spring training that games have been ended on a batter, not being ready and missing the pitch clock. So I'll be curious the first time an MLB game has like a significant outcome affected by this pitch clock you know how what happens but like it, your idea of having the ump just say get in the box or i'm going to call a strike i think that gives the ump too much power I, I think like there needs to be a rule 
Cause if, cause like, how was an ump just going to all of a sudden be like, I don't like Bryce Harper. So I'm going to tell him to get in the box or I'm going to give you a strike. I just, I don't like umps in general. I think umps, they're, they're just, they have too much power. You know, they, they can affect the strike zone. However they want, they can call balls and strikes and throw managers out. I just, no, I, I want less, I want less umpire power in baseball. But- so more rules put in a pitch clock. I'll be curious to see how it goes. I'm not all in. I'm not like, yeah, 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 do it. But my like, I, I think I replied to your tweet that Jared's talking about. They have to do something because if they don't do anything, they're just going to keep losing fans. And yes, Ted, it is America's pastime, but it's not anymore. Who, who do they need to appeal to? The, well, what, the younger kids who, coming up. You know, who are, so, who are the people that are all disappointed? The people that are trying to watch it on TV, or the people that actually go to the games? I mean, well, I is this all about ratings and TV money and everything else? That's what I mean, that's, that's where the money to. comes from, right? Any money? What? From TV, well, it's all, that's too much money. They make too much money to begin with. Ninety-nine percent of the people that are watching baseball, it's not in the park. Yeah, you go to one game a year. It, it, oh, yes, I admit it, the 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 atmosphere and the the thirty minutes less of game time you get uh, when you attend a game. That's a little bit of a bummer, I guess. Right. But it's gonna be, it's just gonna be so much better while it's being played. Here's what cracks me up about this: like the batters complaining about this fifteen-second rule. What, Ted? I'm surprised you're not the guy. You know, whatever happened to the old days? You know, you take the gloves off, you rub your hands in the mud, you stand in the box, and you don't leave it. Why do you have to step out of the box after every pitch? We're acting like we have to, they have to like flip or something in between every pitch. Just stand in the box. It's, well, it's not fun. rocket science. It's kind of funny. We sort of agree other than we disagree on the, on the, the clock. Okay. Yeah. I still stand by my, my no- umpire saying, get in the damn box and hit. I mean, you have officials that have judgment calls they make all the time, whether it be football, basketball, or baseball. Umpires seem to have a black eye for some reason that they're like the worst officials in in professional sports. I mean, I played plenty of ball, plenty of ball, and the umpire is in charge of the game. Now, maybe it doesn't work with these players nowadays at the major league level. Maybe I'll give you that. But I, I just am... Just call me an old coot, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, know. I don't, I'd like to know who sent that and said that's a, the worst tweet they ever saw. It's, it's it, and what's funny is it's somebody that it's let's just say it was one of my coworkers. They don't okay. know, they, they they are fans from afar. They are so, not so, so they're fans from afar, but they disagree with like people that played major league baseball, like Gary Sheffield and some of these <laughs> other stars. I love that Gary Sheffield is the one that's in your corner, man. Well, he, wow. I, I read he it, I said I agree with him. Here's the pitch clock. It, it's not give it a couple months. These it's it's just it's not even going to be a factor. It's just the game's going to be played faster. Okay. Right. Uh, I have no problem with a couple of spring training games being decided because right. some idiot won't stand in the box. Well, what about the other the rules? What about the other rules? Bigger bases, all of a sudden. The bigger bases, I, like I mean, it, it's like slightly bigger. I mean, uh, it's not really that big of a know. deal. It's kind of the same. You know, I bet Ted, you probably remember, you know, probably vividly when they put the three point line in in basketball in the nba yes I, I remember was, that i, bet I it was remember some that. big outrage i bet it was this is gonna ruin the game you're gonna allow people to score three points for making a shot the integrity of the game is gonna be ruined and all oh, these these young kids want more scoring and blah 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 and it's like now that's what the game is yeah so yes i think there's gonna be an adjustment period people like i threw up bryce harper he has a long routine of fixing yeah. his gloves and second so yeah there's gonna be an adjustment period Five years from now, it's going to be a part of the game. Games are going to be three hours. And, you know, you might actually sit and watch a game. 
But now these four, four, I mean, yeah, Jared, you cover the four, four and a half hour well, games. It's just like, oh my God, let's go. What are we doing here? And it's just such a silly thing. Like that just seems like such a, I mean, I tell you what, back in 2011, when I was throwing immaculate uh, outings, which is where you could only pitch three innings in youth, you strike out all nine batters, then you, you leave for the day. Guess what? I wasn't stepping off the mound every two seconds and right. throwing the ball back in my mitt and then resettling back in, throwing down and then getting it back and then throwing down again and then finally throwing a pitch. Uh, no, this is just – it's an all-time great rule. I love it. We I have boots on the ground coverage for my dad. We went to a spring training game, said it's the best rule they've ever had. Said you can clearly notice that the game was lost. The pace is so much better. Yeah, uh, and I'm just for it. I, the one thing I will say, and we while we're on the topic of rules, I hate the the shift rule. I hate it. If you can't hit, if you can't control your hitting, and you can only hit it to one side of the field, I, I think you're just a flawed baseball player. Right. I can't stand that they changed that rule. Well, we agree on that one. Yeah, you yeah, that that one I think we're fine with because I mean we we remember Victor Martinez being with the Tigers. And they would shift the whole defense over for him. And it was like, come on, dude, just like just lay fun. a bunt, just lay a bunt down over there. I'll say this, not to bring politics into this because we don't <laughs> get into politics much, but this is similar to like when I when when I see people say stuff like the constitution was written, our founding fathers would be so upset and we shouldn't be changing anything. It was written this way five thousand years ago. This is how we should live. You know. Things change. People evolve. People learn. People figure out that certain things should be improved and changed. And, you know, we we change as a society. Same with baseball. Speed the game up. I mean, come on, put a pitch clock on. Yes, it's going to be an adjustment. And maybe they change it. Maybe it, yeah, maybe they go to 18 seconds or maybe they do something where it's like, OK, maybe this is too quick. Let's adjust it, you know. You know what? Make changes just because that's how it was back when Ty Cobb was spiking no, people Matt, in the shin doesn't mean that that's how it should be all the time. Yeah, but here's but you know what's funny about it is that's not how it used to be. Uh, you see tweets all the time about these guys like who oh it'll be like 1933. Uh, this guy threw a complete shutout nine in, or twelve inning game game time two hours and ten minutes. Right. It, it's the Derek Jeter you know putting the the hand up to the um every time you're in the box. It's that BS that has made these games so much longer. Well, it's the parade of relief pitchers, Jared. That's yeah, the number that's one thing. The number one time consumer is so many relief pitchers. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't wow. even go back that far. You go back to the 60s and 70s, you know, you you had a starter that went eight innings at least or went complete games consistently. It's yeah. the relief pitching that slowed the game down more than the batters. The batters is a factor. I agree. And, you know, I may be a little bit stuck in my old ways because of my passion for baseball. It's my favorite sport of all time and always will be. And baseball is the one sport where you can look at records, you know, 100 years ago, Bases were the same. The pitching mound was the same. It was the same rules. So you could go by the records, you know. When they're changing up things, it, it flaws it. And I, I understand, you know, you guys know I've kind of rolled with the flows on different changes in different sports. But this one just aggravated me. I can't, yeah. I got to admit it. I can't it. believe that. This right? It does it. change things a little bit. But, like, it they added it. games. They added games to the regular season. You know, I don't like interleague play. That's how old I am. Interleague play, right. Like the DH versus no DH is, right. was a thing. You know, one thing that's always goofy to me is different dimensions in ballparks. Like if, you know, we, we talk about like Comerica Park moved in the fences finally should have been done 15 years ago. But Comerica Park, you know, so different parks have short fences. So guys that play the majority of their games, they're going to have inflated yeah, numbers. You've always had that. You know, that, yeah. right. That's always been a thing. So that that's like, 
you know, baseball just has all these all these quirks. You know, baseball is just like a weird, but right, things have been consistent. That doesn't mean that they can't change because I'm blown away. I don't know how they're still able to Padres gave Manny Machado 11 year, $350 million extension. And I'm just like, how are you able to pay these contracts? No one watches the sport anymore. Like where, where they're getting the money is TV. So yes, they have to make the TV product better. That's the whole, if if they want to pay Manny Machado, they've got to get some people to watch on TV. That's a whole nother discussion though. That these guys should not make that kind of money. I'm sorry. That's the way I look at it. They should not. So if this is, this is greed, this is greed, greed, greed. So the greed of the players, the greed of the owners, the greed of the television networks, it's all about money, guys. And you got to admit, that's what it's all about. It's all about money. It's the fact that the, the, these, the best athletes are no longer baseball players. They don't play baseball. Right. The, there ain't no, there's no Deion Sanders anymore. They all play football. They all play basketball. It's the sport is outdated. It used to be the number one sport. Now it's three. It may have fallen, but it's not outdated, for God's sakes. How do you say it's outdated? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you 70% of the major man. leaguers all grew up in this country. 85, 85% of the most watched live events this year were football, NFL. Where's nobody's the, where's arguing NFL. one little 1% yeah. the World Series? Nobody's arguing the NFL's king, right? So, but, but what happened? They used to baseball used to be king, then they didn't make any rule changes for 300 years, and now look where they're at. What was the they technology started. of football? Football, I, I agree, football, you sit down. For three hours and you're out of there for sure right. you know it's it's a time pretty much time in baseball uh, it's not. it's supposed to be a two i mean it's still a two hour and 40 minute game is what they're predicting i mean that's yeah, not that's, that's not exactly that's not good. like they not like they cut the quarters in half i mean right. it's, I, I hope i'm wrong I, guys i just hope i'm wrong <laughs> it just it just irked me i hope i'm wrong there's a lot of things about baseball and some of the changes they made I don't like. And I like I said, the ghost runner on second base, my God, what is this? The, the sandlot? Right. Give me a break. I mean, a, a recent one. Think about the uproar when they put in instant replay. Now it's just a part of the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. I and mean, there are times. I, I tell you what, I can appreciate you hating it. That's that is kind of <laughs> hilarious. So I'll just do I would. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I One thing I got to throw out in baseball terms, and, and I'll be quick on this. Uh, a lot of people have been really down on the Tigers. Uh, heading into this season. And I just got to say something that's been on my mind for the last couple months. I think they're going to have a good year. I really do. They don't have any talent, really. But I still think <laughs> they're going to have a good year. And here, here's, why. here's why. Here's well, here, why. Here's my thing. They, real quick, Jared, because I know you, you've got a lot to say on this. When I see a graphic of this is who's going to lead the charge for the Tigers, and it's Riley Green and Akil Badu, and I'm just like – this is who we're banking on. Hey, man, I hope so. I hope so. It doesn't look good. Go ahead. I'd be the first <laughs> to say that. But yeah. here's let me. I got eight reasons. I'll go through them real quick. So number one, last year they had the high. We we were dumb. We came on this podcast basically said they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. They had all yeah. these offseason signings. The pressure was way too much. As soon as they started off badly, there it was just snowballed. There was no way to right the ship. Uh, this year, zero expectations. Zero expectations. So they are coming in. They're going to play free, which I think is so important. A mental sport like baseball, it's like golf. They are going to have no pressure on them. They're just coming in. Whatever If they win a game, great. If they lose, great. Uh, nobody's expecting anything. So I think that's a big reason. They're just going to have a lot of pressure relieved uh, from themselves. Number two, they didn't go and sign a bunch of offseason guys right before the season right. started uh, during spring training like they did last year. Uh, they didn't have any big swings. They're a young team this year. They, which I think usually when you have a young team, we see with the Detroit Lions, it means you have a good culture, it means you have a happy clubhouse. 
uh, a close team, and usually that's going to give you a few wins. Uh, so I think just because of the fact they're all young, they've all kind of came through the minors together, they don't have any pressure on themselves, I really think they're going to outperform what a lot of people think. Uh, number three, Miguel Cabrera, not going to play nearly as much as he did last year. I love Miggy. We know it's his farewell season. Uh, I hope he has a good year. But just the fact that your DH is batting 250 with zero power uh, in the middle of your lineup, it's just dead weight. So I expect him to maybe play 60 to 90 games this year, I think closer to 60 than 90. So I think the fact that we're just shaving down the amount of times he's in the lineup, we love him. We love it when he's in the lineup, but it just doesn't translate to wins. I think that's going to help. Number four, uh, this is a bit, a bit of a deep cut, but Eric Haas is replacing Tucker Barnhart as catcher. Tucker Barnhart, man, what what the big hoopla was about that guy when he got signed last year, yeah. I'll never know. He, he Because he can manage a pitching staff, dude, he couldn't swing a bat. He had right. one home run last year. The fact that we get Eric Haas in there, maybe he's not the, the pitching staff manager that Barnhart was, but got he's pop, he's got pop and he's, he's clutch. We In the only big game of the entire year last year, opening day, he had a clutch home run in the eighth inning to tie it up. So I like the idea of Haas being in there. Number five, all reports out of spring training. Special Torkelson's looking good, feeling good, confident. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Not saying he's going to be, you know, the next Juan Soto uh, or some electric baseball player, but I think he'll be serviceable and he'll be a startable guy that's going to be on the Tigers the entire year. So anything compared to what we got last year will be a bonus. Uh, number six, Austin Meadows will actually play this year. Uh, I actually think he was a good signing. We know with the whole roller coaster he went on last year with vertigo, then mental health issues. He's going to be, be recharged and we'll actually have him. So that's a bonus. Number seven, Jonathan Scope, 40 pounds down. He's on a Ted uh, Ted Fattel Wellness Center diet uh, doing CrossFit. He's lost 40 pounds, best shape of his life. A lot of people are thinking he's probably just going to be trade bait, uh, so he'll get dealt at some point during the year. But until that happens, or if it never happens, I think we're going to have an improved Jonathan Scope for whatever that is. He's a pretty that. good player. I like him. 40 Last pounds time. down, though. Like, Does he have any strength left? He looks great. I mean, dude, he was carrying a lot of extra weight. A lot of baseball players do. I think he had a little bit of a wake-up call from his not-so-great season last year, so yeah. I expect him to to be ready to rock this year. Last one, uh, we have we have A.J. Hinch. I still believe A.J. Hinch is one of the best managers in the game. We saw this in 2021 where he stole you know three or five games just with end-of-game scenario, great coaching. I think we expect the same thing this year. I still just really think that the pressure last year and the poor start, it just really soured the entire clubhouse, soured Hinch. I still think he's a great coach. Uh, and last but not least, honorable mention, this is more just me hoping, Akil Badu homered in the first game of spring training. I need him to have a good year. Uh, Hinch has always said the best version of this Tigers team is with him in the lineup. He's He brings energy. He brings excitement. Uh, he's a great clubhouse guy. I need a big season from Akil Badu. So what do you guys think after hearing that list? Are your expectations a little bit higher? Do you have a positive outlook of this year? No, that didn't help at all. <laughs> I think our Bally Sports Detroit guy decided to do a little homework and brought some stuff to the table here. Yeah, it the Tigers, I'll, I love the Tigers, but they're going to be fighting to stay out of the cellar, I hate to tell you. It all starts on the mound. Who, who are they going to throw out there? Yeah, they've been depleted by injury. Uh is going to be out until July. Um, Spencer Turnbull's back, though. Oh, who, who recently threw a no hitter, and then I think maybe a day later had Tommy John surgery uh, okay. a couple of years ago. So yeah, I, it it is what it is. I mean, Chris Fetter's a great uh, great manager uh, in terms of the pitching staff, uh, bullpen coach or pitching coach. Pitching coach is the term. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, the the expectations are so low. I, I just I think people are they're way too low. I think, and yeah. I think this team is going to surprise. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, 
but I think we were 30 games below 500 last year. I think we're going to be right at least maybe 10 games below 500. I think it's going to be a 20 game improvement. Hmm. If they do that, if they do that, then yes, that is an improvement. Uh, Health is a big thing because the expectations last year. Yes. Now we know we're very unrealistic, (laughs) including from the three of us, we were all penciling them into the American league pennant. But I mean, health, I think is a big thing. If, if Torkelson can play a full healthy season, if, if Riley green can play a full season, if, if Baez can play a better, you know, cut down on the strikeouts and you know stuff like that. I mean, they, they can make an improvement. They just don't have, if Riley green or Torkelson turn into the players that people hope or think they will be, it's the same with the Pistons. You got to have some stars. You have to have some legit players. Javier Baez, just isn't that he's, he's a, he's a fine major league player, you know, but he's not a star and that's just what the tigers are. There's just a bunch of dudes. If we're being honest, I know you like Badu. Is he a major league player? I mean, like when you watched him last year, it was like, how is this dude getting so many major league at bats? Like this is pretty pitiful. Hopefully he's improved. He was young. You know, he's been young, you know, now he's, he's been in the, the bigs for, you know, a few years now. So hopefully he puts it together, but I, it just looks like on the roster looks like a bunch of guys that should be in Toledo instead of Detroit. And, you know, I hope I'm wrong because yeah, I, I think Hinch, I think Hinch is one of the best managers in the league, but you got to have players. When you look at those Houston teams that he was managing at hall of famers and all-stars all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully because Comerica looked pretty pitiful last year at the end of the season with about 700 people in the yeah, stands. Yeah. So, all, all I'm going to say is, Ted, you always you always do it for the Lions. You take the over bet on wins. I'm telling you, man, take it to the bank. Throw, what is it at right now? I, mean, I want to say, like, I'll, t- I'll take a look. I don't know off the top of I'm my gonna head. I'm going to guess it's probably in 75, the 60s. 60s? I was going to say. No, I was. I said in the 60s, like oh, 65. Yeah, I bet it's 60. 68, something. That would be my guess. I don't know. Yeah, probably go over for that. 66 maybe. or uh, 69.5. Yeah. Okay. They need to win 70 games, which would be yeah. 20 below 500. Yeah. They can do it, man. Go get them, Tigers. I will. I do appreciate the young man bringing some baseball to the table today. You know, we turned this microphone. Stay, man. We just talked baseball for what, 25. <laughs> yeah, wow. I no am kidding. excited for this year. I, I really think the MLB did some smart things. Finally okay. getting rid of interleague play, Ted. We don't need to spend another 20 minutes on that, but yeah. I know you hate it. I don't It's going like to be it. great. I can't okay. wait to see, you know, like we have a series against the Mets this year. I mean, how fun right. is it going to be to go against Justin Verlander on Monday, Scherzer. Max Scherzer on Tuesday, and then, you know, pitcher number yeah. three on, on you Wednesday. Know, I can live with that. I can live with it, but, you know, it, it's tough for me to change my ways for sure. Hey, before we move out of this segment, guys, we got to talk a little basketball. I mean, what yeah. a weekend in basketball starting out on Saturday where – I got to set the table for you guys. This is ridiculous. You know, Michigan State was up by 91 to 78, right? I'm in D.C., and I I just said there was about 90 seconds to go. I said, I got to go get some meds because I've been really suffering through a bad cold. So I jumped up off the couch, went to the store, walked a couple blocks, came back. My wife comes to the door and says, you jinxed them. Spartans lost. He said, you're lying. There's no way they lost. Then when I caught up and watched the highlights – Blew my mind away. Izzo blew that game. Frankly, yeah. you know, I like Tom Izzo. That was bad coaching, bad defense. Just how do you fall apart like that? I mean, break it down for me, will you? It's crazy. I mean, they, they it, it was just bad execution all around because they made, I think in that stretch, they made five of seven free throws. Right. So usually, you know, if a team comes back, it's because they're following and you're missing right. your free throws. 
MSU didn't really do that. They just, they were giving up threes. That's how you come back in those scenarios. You know, you, you trade a one for a two or, you know, a two for a three. And what did our Iowa made like seven threes or something crazy in the right. last minute and a half or something. So yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, you know, I think Jared and I enjoyed watching watching that <laughs> yeah. happen, that that meltdown. But it was it was pretty poor. Execution. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but is that like maybe the worst meltdown of any I mean, time that we can think of? Thirteen points, uh, thirteen point deficit with ninety seconds to go. I mean, they scored nineteen or sixteen points in fifty five seconds. Right. Michigan State could have, you know, they will talk about the foul. I mean. Dude, foul. Why is this yes. still being debated? I don't Ridiculous. especially especially in that game where Iowa was red hot from three down the stretch. If they got a look, they were gonna make it. Right. <laughs> and yeah. and they did. Uh and I just don't understand why it didn't follow. I mean, what a rough day for Izzo. Uh I mean, we love Izzo. It's been a rough few years since yeah. Cassius Winston has left. <laughs> um, I mean, it was embarrassing. I mean, you, the think about what was going on with minute 30 left. You got Fran McCaffrey making a jackass out of himself, yeah. staring at the ref. That guy then proceeds to go back into the huddle and pull the wool over Izzo's eyes for the next minute and a half and then and and beat him. I mean, that's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for McCaffrey. It's embarrassing for Izzo to see that clip and know that that guy won that night. I mean, just a debacle. What a, what a depressing season it has been for Michigan State. I really because I do think they are a talented team. They got high flyers. They they have Hauser who can is finally kind of rounding into shape finally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got a couple good guards. I, they have a legendary coach. It's just a puzzling season. It is puzzling because they have seven quad one wins. I think it's eighth most in the country right now. So that's why they're they're are they're they're not on the bubble. They're, they're probably in. in. Yeah, they're in. And it's like when you look at their record. I mean, they're they're in like the middle to the bottom of the Big Ten right now. But the Big Ten is just a jumbled mess anyway. That yeah. doesn't really say much. But Michigan's you know, when, third. so it, yeah, it's kind of like how are they? I think they're nine and eight in the Big Ten, Michigan State, and they're like projected to be like a three or four seed right now because of those oh, quad one wins. Really? Because of what you're talking about, Jared, because they do have talent and they're they are usually typically well coached. It's just, you know, they also crumble. I've said it before. I think Izzo, I'm not telling him anything. He doesn't know me, give a sh- he doesn't care what I have to say or whatever, but I think he has to. He has to recruit some different players. Like he has to maybe look at himself. You know, Beeline had to do the same thing the last few years at Michigan and say, "Hey, this the the game has changed. I need to recruit some more athletic wing players. I need to get some bigs who can shoot and stuff like that." So it seems like Izzo needs they need a better, I don't know, a better roster. Uh, also, uh, is almost the way to say it. Big play, big guys who can shoot and stuff like that. Well, here, here's what Izzo said post game. I mean, he said, you know, just uh, and this is this is telling to me uh, just about this roster. I think I think it has talent. It's just there's right. no true leader. There's yeah. no there's no Kemba Walker. I, I worry about a team like that in the tournament. I mean, think about uh, AJ Hogard. I mean, here's what Izzo had to say about the end of the game controversy. He basically, said. When asked if he if he thought about following on uh, that last session, I didn't. I that will be a good controversy. We were supposed to switch that, and we didn't do that very well. I thought AJ was going to make the shot. To be honest with you, he missed the free throw. If you remember, right. Right. he was one 12, miss. 12 at the line going into that final free throw. So what does that tell you? It basically, tells you. I mean, he got it choked, and that's your starting point guard heading into March with a team that is really kind of lost its way. I, right. I, it's just, it's just, it's not a good look. I have a bad feeling that they're going to have an early exit. I really do. If they're a four seed going against the 13 or let's say they, they might slide down to a five seed. Oh, bet, bet all my money on that 12 seed, man. Yeah. 
that might yeah, be the upset. That's there a bad is. loss, bad loss all the way around. Because you know, if they just would have turned that around, and held on for the win, we'd be looking at things a whole lot different. But that's that's a stunner. I mean, that's a national story how they lost that game. And Jared, you brought it up about the refusal of some of these coaches to not foul up three. I mean, it happened in the Michigan game, and Dickinson put the dagger in. I yep. mean, it's just it's kind of basketball one on one nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's maybe a, a newer strategy. I don't think it's always been something that, that people would do, you know, the the foul right. to just put them at the line so they can't hit that crazy three like Dickinson did. And I, I know some some schools are, or some coaches are maybe old school and they, they want to play it out. You know, they just want to trust their defenders or, you know, trust their defense. But it's almost it is a no brainer anymore, especially like you said, Jared, when Iowa is just on fire from three. Yeah. I mean, Dickinson just made a wild shot. You know, you can't really expect that to happen, but you follow them, you put them on the line and you force them to make a three and then follow you again. Or, you know, there's going to be some crazy like, scenario like that. So yeah, two, two from Wisconsin and then from Michigan State and Izzo, two very poorly just, executed end of games. Stubborn headed coaches, man. I, yeah. I don't know if it's like they're thinking, oh, like we're good enough. We're going to get a stop anyway. Right. It, it doesn't work that way all the time. You see it luck. I mean, Dickinson heaving a javelin type throw to the rim and it getting buried i mean what more do you need to see yeah. I, I mean as for michigan talk about the complete opposite of michigan state yeah. man if they somehow some way find a way into the tournament i think they're going to be a really dangerous team they're going to be a low seed they have a, a seven foot center they got buffkin who's gets looks better and better every time he steps on the court mcdaniel's developing into a very good point guard they have Excellent. shooting i just i really think they're going to be a tough team come march i mean six and two in february three straight wins Last two of them been without Jet Howard, uh, I think second leading scorer. I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Michigan, mm-hmm. I, and I, I'll be the first to admit it. I said they were dead uh, about midway through the first half of the Michigan State game uh, a week ago. Totally different team. They've shown some resolve and yeah. in late game situations. Uh, and I really do think that once they get in, I mean, we saw it last year. They barely snuck in. They made it to the Sweet 16, knocked out a good Tennessee team. I really think they're going to be a tough out. They're experienced. They, they have tournament success experience, so they're going to be confident going into the tournament. Juwan Howard uh, seems to be the type of guy where, you know, when things are going well, the team's really rallying behind him. He's dialing right. it up. Practices are great. So I, I'm feeling good. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that after what I saw, you know, the entire season. Feeling yeah. good about this team. Yeah, and I, I think you can't – we've talked about it before. Everyone has. You can't discount Phil Martelli being on that staff. I mean, Juwan Howard obviously has had his growing pains as a head coach. But they've got just, you know, one. uh, I mean, frankly, a a legendary coach as an assistant in Martelli. So that's huge going into postseason play. You mentioned MSU not having a leader. I don't know if I want to classify Hunter Dickinson as a leader, but he is an experienced college basketball player. So, you know, Michigan does have him to lean on maybe as a leader, if you want to call him that. Kobe Bufkin. Yeah, Bufkin is turning into that leader like, like, you know, that you like to see. They've got a lot of good role players, and Joey Baker has kind of turned it on, like you said, McDaniel. And, and, you know, Terrence Williams has his moments. He's, you know, kind of an energy guy. Ted's guy, Cheddar, coming in, you know, getting those junkyard dog stats or whatever. So I'm with you. First, they got to get in. They're not even, like, necessarily in the tournament right now. They've they've got to figure out a way to get in. They're strong. Right. But if, if they can get in, I think they're that team that you always hear like no one wants to play them or whatever because they've had that success. They've got Dickinson. They've got some good shooting. They could definitely make a run to the second weekend, you know, past that probably not obviously, or they could be a first round exit too, because we've seen them play really bad basketball. 
So, but yeah, credit to them because I think a lot of people were writing them off. People were writing off Juwan Howard, you know, back in January, December, January. I did. So credit yeah, to them I was going to say, I know somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will knows? say this. I, I will say this. I know you, you mentioned Jet Howard not playing the last few games. And I know, Ted, you, you said you, you haven't been too impressed with him. Yeah. He's clearly, he's going to be in the NBA. He's, he's an NBA talent. I, I, you know, you don't want to lose a player like that, but I honestly think they play better without him. I think they're mm-hmm. better defensively, and I think they move the ball better More on teamwork. offense without him because a lot of times when he's out there on offense, they just give him the ball and just watch and hope that he does some crazy one-on-one play and hits a three. Now they got to move the ball around. They get the ball to the post. They kick it back out. So, yeah, you want Jet Howard back, but it's also kind of like, yeah, they're kind of playing really well yeah. right now, so. Yeah, well, I, like I mean, it. yeah, not a bad problem. To hopefully they can figure it out. Hopefully it's just uh, it's another you know energy boost uh, if he comes back, and hopefully they find a way to take what they've done recently without him and mesh it with when he joins back in. That's yeah. the goal. I just got to shout out Hunter Dickinson. What a big time game! I mean, that yeah. three it saved their season huge. And yeah. then he had a he had a great pass, like a skip pass to Joey Baker in overtime. That was a, that led to a huge three. I mean, we need one more run with Dickinson. Uh, maybe it's one more tournament game and they get bounced. We need one more shot at Dickinson in the tournament. Uh, he's just, he's, I don't, he's not that great. He's solid. He's a good player, but he's, he's funny. He's got some energy to him. He plays, you know, with his heart on his sleeve. Uh, and I'll miss him when he's gone. Fair enough, man. Hey, I'll tell you, it's officially basketball season, college yeah. basketball season right now, man. It's we're we're getting into the hot stuff, and it's going to be a great march, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, boys, let's have uh, just a real quick entertainment tonight, right after this, and wrap this program up. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, let me just start real quick. I know you have something, Jared, but uh, I don't have anything as far as any entertaining movies or television shows, but some entertaining television. I don't know if you guys are on top of what's going on in South Carolina, but this Murdoch trial. It's funny. Have you I followed gonna, any of that? Bring some, yeah, I was going to bring something up. Well, it's just captivating television. It, it really got my attention when Murdoch actually took the stand, and he's a lawyer. And most of the time they say, you know, don't be taking the stand. Here's an attorney that took the stand. And I thought, I thought he hung himself with some of his comments and and his behavior, you know, and this is the most interesting trial I've seen since Jared, you know, I'm going to say it. OJ. I've seen some. So what is the trial? Can you explain it? I don't know. I think I'm maybe familiar with it, but what is this redheaded attorney in South Carolina? His uh, youngest son got in a boat crash driving drunk. Uh, There was all kinds of controversy on that. They tried to cover it up. And then allegedly he's on trial for killing his son and his wife. That basically sets up the trial. And he's well, an attorney kind of, it kind of sets it up. So there's Help a three part, there's a three part series on Netflix, the, right. the Murdaugh murder, yeah. um, the Murdaugh murders, a Southern scandal is what it's called, but it's a three part series on Netflix. So I would definitely check it out. But the, the more to the story is this family 
is like three or four generations of attorneys, lawyers, DAs, all this stuff in this town, this county in South Carolina. They essentially run the county yep. and they have money out the wazoo, thousands of acres, uh, the, their own airplane hangar, their own landing strip. I mean, and they've just been, um, like drugs, all these other scandals that have just been covered up all the time. They talk about the son who now has ended up getting killed would always get in trouble and just call his grandpa and be like, Hey, we got to cover this up. So that's like the kind of the, a little bit of the background is they did all this stuff and have always just gotten away with it because they're that family, you know, in that County and the, all the other stuff that they've gotten away with coupled with now, what allegedly is happening is just, it's just an insane story. And I highly recommend yeah. watching the Netflix thing yeah. because I got, I caught wind of it. It was a dateline originally my wife and I watched and thought, man, this is interesting. And then it just steamrolled from there. He got in more trouble and more trouble. And yeah. it's just crazy. Yep. Wow. Well, that's yeah. I, I had heard about that. My mom actually brought up that trial to me before. Yeah. It's strong big news. I, I've never really been able to get into that stuff. I, yeah. I get the appeal. I, I don't know. I, I, I see why people love it. It's just, whatever reason i just not, not your bag just, yeah not yeah. my bag um so what what i watched this past week uh ted i think you've actually mentioned this before uh so i'll give you real quick i'll give you props props if you did the pacific on hbo yeah awesome docuseries man uh i mean it's, it's so what it is is a world war ii uh it's about the you know the attack you know in the pacific uh with, with the japanese and all that kind of the forgotten part of the war really when you think about it um, it's, it's based off of Eugene Sledge's, uh, 1981 memoir with the old breed at Peleliu in Okinawa and Bob Leckie, his book, my helmet as a pillow. I mean, it's so realistic. It's so well done. It follows the the life of, of three guys, you know, Eugene Sledge, Bob Leckie, uh, and war hero, John Bassalone, uh, who actually died at Okinawa after, you know, earning, uh, I'm trying to medal of honor basically. Uh, so what I loved about this man a lot of great actors that you don't realize are in it. Uh, when I watched it way, way back when, when it came out like 2010, Rami Malek's in it, uh, as private snafu. Uh, you have, uh, Shane for the walking dead, John Bernthal's in it. Joseph Maslow, who, uh, was in Jurassic park and, you know, uh, Joe from Simon Birch. He's great. He's, uh, Eugene sledge. You have John Cena as John Bassalone. I mean, they do a great job. Tom Hanks is the narrator. I was blown away by how, how well this docuseries is put together, man. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen for 10 episodes. It's it's like you're in the middle of war. Uh, yeah. And it just was so well done. I can't recommend it enough. I mean, the three main things that they kind of focus on is Peleliu, Okinawa, and, uh, you know, the, the Battle of Guadalcanal. But one yeah. thing I just want – my biggest I mean, you're, entire, go ahead. Go, well, well, I was going to say, I definitely want to hear what you have to say about that. But you're kind of – so it's it's the like they call it like the companion series of Band of Brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Band of Brothers obviously is. I mean, just I, legendary. That's next on my list. That's next on my list. I watched the first episode of Band of Brothers. It's really, uh, good. it has the guy from Friends in it, which is kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. Um, Jimmy just, Fallon too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's so, right. So that's next on the list. I'll have a review for that probably next week. But um, I feel like you almost have to watch both if you like war movies, yeah. docuseries, yeah. all that. If you watch the Band of Brothers or the Pacific, you got to watch the other one. Yeah, it, 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 I'm sure it's just as good. I've heard a lot more about the Band of Brothers than I have the Pacific. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, the, but awesome. my biggest takeaway from this entire docu series was, man, it really was the greatest generation. Uh, I mean, the, the way they talk about these guys, you know, they're telling stories. They, it's funny, they have the little like 
they interview the the war the veterans before each episode and they talk to them and they're telling stories you know about how guys who couldn't join the the marines or the military you know would commit suicide because they they really wanted to go like be there with their friends and and, and like yeah. you know, represent united states and protect the united states or whatever uh you have like eugene sledge in the actual pacific documentary where he has like a heart murmur and he's like literally clinically depressed because he can't go with his buddies, uh, you know, overseas and help protect the United States. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to hear stuff like that. And you just know how much different it'd be today. Uh, it just, it really was the greatest generation as they say. Uh, and it's just funny how much, how many screw ups we've had come since that greatest generation. My generation sucks. Matt's generation sucks. Ted's we, we know about you. You, you literally were taught by the greatest generation. Somehow you guys ended up being hippies. There you uh, go. You know, it's just it's just how far have we fallen, man? Well, you know, if you want to get deep into it, but we won't. But I was going to say that I agree with you on the greatest generation. And, and you know, times were definitely different then. But, you know, when I was young, you know, we went to this whole Vietnam thing. And that's a whole nother story we can talk about. But not so sure we belong there. And that's where the right. hippies all came about. But uh, man, good stuff, Jared. Good stuff. Anything you want to add, Matt? Well, I mean, talking about the Murdaugh murders, we we watched that docuseries, but we got to catch up. I, I forgot that 1923 had come back. And, oh, it's back. Yeah, Ooh. it came back, I think, the first uh, week of February. So there's like three new episodes. Ooh. So we, I was like, oh, we got to catch up on 1923 now. And then, of course, Last of Us. But yeah, yep. got, got some stuff to watch. Got to fit it in between March Madness, man. I don't know how right. we're going to do it. Yep. I have to find a way. All right, guys, uh, another great podcast as always. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center and SkyMet Cannabis. SkyMet Cannabis, farm to stash, grown right here in Michigan, over 15 locations in the state. Check out the new SkyMet Reserve. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Check out all the latest deals and sign up for the rewards program. Gift cards are available for all your friends. Big discounts off flowers new customers coupon code 3.20 at the front of the store for 20% off SkyMet products and the Memorial Wellness Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center a lot more than a gym you know I've been working out there I love the facilities the, the locker rooms are first class they got the sky track they got all kinds of weight equipment to work out on check out more by going online at memorialhealthcare.org commitment compassion for life that's memorial healthcare also our great sponsors include AZ printing solutions Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We want to thank uh, Goose of Goose Poop joining us. Uh, do you remember the Twitter handle again, Jared? I think it's Goose Poop. At Goose Poop underscore. That's right. So check him out. He's got a lot of good stuff going on. Our Z92.5 Game of the Week is this Thursday night. It will be Eat Rapids at Ovid Elsie. That'll lead us to the tournament. We'll start out in New Lothrop the following week. As always, everybody, peace and love. Be kind to everybody, and thanks for listening. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three-Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan three-point podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at three-point pod or by email to three-point pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.